Hey guys, we're back with a, another episode uh, of what are we digging, Grayson? We are digging uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yes, one of the greatest series of all times, and we thought it was a really cool and important time to talk about it, especially with the new Netflix adaptation that is coming out in February. We're super excited uh, to see it, check it out, and we just kind of wanted to talk about what we can expect. Uh, stuff from the animated series in the two, early 2000s um, and all things Avatar The Last Airbender. So without further ado, that's what we're digging today and we're going to dig into it, you know. So let's go. <laughs> it's it's very punny. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm excited for the, the live action show or not. I'm very excited for the animated movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's that I'm interested in but they they've tried to do this live action quite a bit uh so i don't know i mean it the trailer looked fine it looked cool yeah i think there's a lot riding on this thing though but you know especially with you know the one that shall not be named you know uh the early 2000 i've never seen it you've never seen it no i don't want to good for you good for you um great that's (laughs) that's great that you've never seen it but um you didn't miss anything, honestly. You didn't. You did not miss anything. That was a mess. So there's a lot riding on this. This is um, redemption for the fans. Um, this is redemption for the show, um, and this is not even redemption for Netflix because Netflix puts out really good stuff. But this is really cool to see if Netflix Netflix can really um, showcase and break through this, especially with the special effects. And I mean. I maybe my my thing is I think Avatarless Airbender is a perfect show, mm-hmm. and I I don't see the need to to make it live action. Okay. I understand people are going to because they can make money. I'm more interested in the thing that's they're going to do the animated movie after the show. Mm. Like that sounds more fun to me. Um, but like maybe I know the the creators were part of the Netflix thing, but then they left over some creative differences. If the live action show ends up being better, that'll be great. But it's one of those things where I'm like remakes of bad stuff are fantastic. Like if something sucks and you're like, we're going to remake it, but actually finally make it good. It's Mm kind of great. But with this, I feel like it's at a loss because unless it's way better than the animated show, it's like, why did we need this? Yeah, I get it, but can you really like compare? I mean, can you really compare though? Like, you know what I mean? Like, are we? Can we really compare? Because I don't think anything will touch the animated series. But with this, with this being like a physical adaptation, can you compare it? I mean, I guess you can compare the storylines, right? But as far as like the effects, you know what I mean? Like, can we really? Is it comparison? Because the effects they say are going to be way more realistic, even from two thousand and ten, because it's twenty twenty four. So. Yeah, it's it's always going to look good, but I feel like the the actual because uh, they, I feel like the animation's timeless. I still feel like it it, it holds up. It looks good. Um, I mean, no, I I think it's fine to compare if you're going to do an adaptation of something. Uh, like it'd be cool if they go a bit darker mm-hmm. and go a little bit farther in the story in mm-hmm. some ways, but. I don't know. It's just going to be hard to do. It It is very hard to adapt things long term to as a series. It looks like 
the only good thing I really enjoy is it looks like this season is going to be basically book one. Like it looks like the show is going to be three seasons. Yeah. And I like that because Mm -hmm. if this was going to be like, oh, this will be six seasons. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, just just go. Mm -hmm. And that's like if you want to start talking about what makes the show perfect, basically, other than like one episode, the the series never wastes your time. I agree. No matter what, the story is constantly going. There, there's that one episode. It's like the cave of two lovers, mm-hmm. and immediately when they leave the cave, you're like, "Oh, that was a fun episode." We have character development, and then you immediately see the Fire Nation just took over a, another city that they were yes. at before. Yes, I completely agree with that. No, um, it doesn't waste your time with Avatar at all. Any episode you watch, I mean, I will agree. There is some ones where it's like some filler here and there, you know what I mean? Maybe with, you know, book two, like the first few episodes were a little bit of filler, but immediately, you know, we get some character, um, some more character development. We get introduced to new characters, which we can talk about later in this episode, but yeah, it doesn't waste your time. And even when you do think Avatar is wasting your time, there's always some sort of plot line or twist that is revealed within the show and everything correlates um, to one another. So something we might Uh, see correlates, um, <laughs> but something we might see that appears in you know a few episodes in the beginning all comes together in the end. You know everything, um, yeah, everything you know correlates to each, to each other. If that makes sense, but yeah. <sighs> so when did you first see the show? Oh my goodness! Oh man, maybe when I was. 11 or 12 i think when i was 11 or 12 um i saw them all on nickelodeon because nickelodeon was always doing these reruns and then i was so obsessed with the show that i went and um asked my mom to get me the books for dvd at target and they were like 30 dollars, 29.99 per like case so like water um earth and fire all individually the sets were 30 dollars. and i remember my mom was telling me to wait till Christmas and I did not want to wait. So I went and bought water and um, earth and I was like, okay, I don't have any money now. So uh, I didn't get enough for fire, but she ended up buying um, me all three for Christmas. So, and then I just watched them all again. And then after that, I was like, okay, then I moved on to um, legend of core, which do not shame me. Uh, I have not finished. So Mm -hmm. I need to get back into that. We could talk about that later too, but yeah. First time I watched Avatar was like eleven or twelve. Yeah, there's 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 something. Korra, Korra had the same problem. Avatar less Airbender did, which is certain things had to be censored. Mm-hmm. Which is the only thing about the Netflix thing. The only thing about the Netflix thing I'm wary about is how the original creators kind of left, but it could also be because they're doing the animated stuff. Mm-hmm. But there was originally going to be slightly different things. Like there's, there's a scene um, in book two that is implied like they're a mercy kill. And, and the way they had to film it, people were like, what the hell just happened? What is this? Cora? Oh, no, no. With Avatar last year, better. Cora, oh, okay. the thing they had to change was like bisexuality. Mm-hmm. Because when, when Cora gets to the point where, it's very much hinted where you're like, oh, yeah, she's like into this girl. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, they basically are like, we're going to have them kissing, but not really show it. 
Oh, wow. And and it's kind of it kind of ends like that. And mm. I don't know, it's just kind of strange because I don't know, people get mad about like um when they talk about like putting this in front of our kids and blah blah blah. And it's like um I don't know, everyone talks about agendas and all that, but if it seem if it makes sense with the character and works well and is done right, it's actually really kind of beautiful. And uh it was great. I thought it was great. Yeah, I never finished that, but um, if it makes sense, I see why not. I do know that the villains, we need to talk about that, the villains in Korra were really, all the villains yeah. alone in all the books were great, but she has some really cool villains in her show as well, so, but um, each, I, each represents, like, a different, like, theory of society. Yeah, that was what really, that's what's really cool about it, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's it's like it, it basically it's taken the extremes where mm. like Amon is the extremes of equality. Yeah. You know, oh, you you can bend but we can't. Yeah. You're the you you know, so I'm going to equalize everything. Mhm. Um and then then there's like oh, Zahir who Zahir is a, who's an anarchist. Yeah. Who's an airbender. Then the last you just one give power back to the people, you know, but um, it doesn't end up working out. You know, it, you could see some of his points. You know what I mean? I did remember that, like, he was a really great leader. You could really <laughs> empathize and understand some of his points that he was talking about. Um, but ultimately, I think maybe he was just a little bit too righteous. But his scenes were just great, man. See here, he's probably yeah. one of my favorite. Um. Villains. Probably my second favorite villain. I don't know in the whole series. Uh, oh, yeah, he 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 shows back up in the season after too. Mm. Um, and it's kind of crazy because Henry Rollins voices him. Yeah, and like that's a guy that's hard to pin down. So the fact they got him in the studio to voice act for the show is kind of kind of fucking wild. Really? Because uh, I don't because he's a he's a person that if he doesn't like something he just doesn't do it. Oh wow. Yeah, I don't know if you know who Henry Rollins is. No, I just know him from um, Korra, but I don't know. Okay, really know okay, yeah, he's like was he's like the lead singer of Black Flag or whatever. Like oh, he's wow. just he's just totally he's just fucking nuts. Wow. So I was just like, that's I was like, the fact that even he did this role is crazy to me. Mm. And and it and it kind of goes with Henry Rollins' um, perspective. Okay. He is, he is very much, uh, if I can look him up, I, I would say he seems like he's uh, kind of an anarchist. Oh, wow. Okay. Let me see if he is, actually. Um, uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to see if what the AI says. Uh, never mind. He's not sure. Even, even that, they're not sure. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But you know, it's like he's very much I think I think he was punk. So okay. but uh anyway, let's get back on track. Sorry yeah. about that. So speaking um, of villains, um before we get into Fire Lord Ozai, uh I wanted to ask, is there do you have like throughout both uh series, you have a favorite villain and least favorite villain? And is there like a villain that was maybe underrated or an honorable mention or one that you you like second alike that you're like, oh, they're really cool, too, in a way. You know what? I might hold back on it because I'm just realizing we're a couple minutes in and we should probably just 
talk about what this show is about if no one's ever heard of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you should take that away. <laughs> We're getting started and some people might not, the people, the few people who listen are probably like, wait a minute. I might even want to reset this whole thing. I, no, I think we're fine. You're talking about the blue people, right? For, and like for shits and business. This is, the, that was a lawsuit that did happen too. <laughs> um, uh, Avatar Last Airbender is a world where the nation is divided into four different elements and there is a person who is supposed to bring balance between these nations. And the way they do that is they're reincarnated in a cycle of the next element. And they are the avatar. They are the only person that is able to wield all four elements at once. And what happens is for some reason, the avatar has been missing for a hundred years. And so just like the element would normally do fire gets out of control and spreads everywhere. And, it it first uh, kills all the air nomads, and then a boy uh, who is frozen in ice is awoken and ends up being the Avatar, and he has a year to save the entire world before it's destroyed. Jeez, just the goosebumps <laughs> I have from hearing that. Oh, man. I hope you're not full of shit. You better, you better be serious. No, don't be milking it. Totally serious, man. I mean, if I'd never seen this show and I heard that for the first time, I'd be like, what streaming service is this on? Like, I'm going to go do it right now. You know, Avatar. I wish we started that better. We, we, this is why me and you are both tired. We should have planned it better. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, but this show the way I first saw it is I basically was just turn the channel and I like stuff that looks good. I remember just being like, God, the animation of this is really good. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of goofy. And I was kind of like, ah, I'm going to continue watching this though. And I don't know. It was like, this is back before streaming. You could watch any time, anything, anytime you fucking wanted to. So, so I'm watching it and then it gets to the episode where, um, where Aang walks in and he sees uh, the, the corpse of the monk and all the Fire Nation corpses around him. And I immediately was like, what the fuck? Like, what? It, like, what? what is happening in this show? Uh, yeah. Like, this kid's show just went full on about genocide. Mm-hmm. Like, like, in two episodes. Mm-hmm. In two episodes, it's right in it. Like, this is what this show's about. And you're like, oh, shit. That and was my exact experience as well. Yeah. So- yeah, it, it basically is telling you like, yeah, we're not going to really fuck around on this. Like, we're we're going to get into stuff. And yeah, I started watching it and buying the DVDs. And I just remember being consistently blown away by the show. And then it got so big that like in Comic-Con, they showed a trailer for season three. And every time season three came on, I immediately would watch it. I think I think that's when you could stream it or buy the episodes and I'd, I'd like buy them. I was just was like, I'm buying this whole fucking season when they release it. Like, I'm just <laughs> going to watch them as yeah. they come out. And um, also one of the best series finale of a show. I've ever totally. seen. Totally. Like, like everything pays off in that show. Um, but many people don't know that um, the guy who does the Mandalorian and all that stuff. Uh, he worked on season one. Oh, wow. He left for Lucasfilm because basically, you know, he got a job working for George Lucas. Mm. And if you're a Star Wars fan, like, holy shit, why wouldn't you? Right. You know, he did the uh, the Clone Wars TV show and the Mandalorian and Ooh. Ahsoka and all that stuff. Jeez. 
No, I totally agree with you. I mean, that was my experience watching the show too, especially with book one, because I feel like book one is a lot more, um, a little bit more like jocular and a little bit more funny. It does have its serious moments, right? Especially like you said, when he, um, when we first kind of see the genocide that happens and, you know, you're kind of like, wait a minute. And now you're like immediately thrown into this world and you're like, oh, wait, we're uncovering a lot more than just this boy having to go travel on a flying bison and learn elements, you know? So this was really cool. Um, I don't even think I really understood the depth of that either when I was watching it at 12. I think when I was like maybe 15 mm-hmm. and I was watching it again, I was like, damn. Like, well, you I'm, a, really I'm a bit older than you. So for me, it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was at the point of becoming an adult, but being like, why the fuck is this kid show so enthralling? Mm-hmm. Um, but M night Shyamalan who, you know, did the, he directed the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that was his experience. He yeah. was, he saw it on TV and went, Oh, this animation is really good. Cause by the way, the animation on the show is, is amazing. Right. Um, why were a whole bunch of underage kids just traveling the world like that on that? I mean, maybe for the time it takes place in, but I just think that's also like crazy too. Like these kids are just so young. They're just flying all over the world. You know what I mean? And they're having to tackle on new opponents and, you know, everyone has their own journey. They're on, they're, they're on, you know, with, not just Aang, but Katara and Sokka. You know, we keep seeing that later in these books that, wow, like, they're so young and they're dealing with so much. You know what I mean? Even with Zuko and Azula. You know what I mean? So, like, so you want to say my favorite villain of the show, it's probably going to be Azula. Because she's just such a fun villain. And the most bland villain? Um, I really don't know. I don't really think I think each villain is a different thing. Like you, you were you have a question about like, is Ozai bland and not really. It's just you don't like there is the backstory of all the political maneuvering he did to get into his position of power. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's more of an obstacle for Aang to face. Um he doesn't really have to be the villain. I'd say the the true villain of the series is more Zola mm. than, than anyone. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and well, it makes it nice because basically uh, like if people, if you want to watch the show, just go watch it. This is going to be spoilers galore. We're really going to talk about this and this is where we should just dive in. Um, Azula's like Zuko is Azula's like villain. That's the thing. And Ozai is this thing that Aang has to go against that is just a force of power that is going to test Aang's ethics because it's something because he because he can't be reasoned with. Yeah, at all. And um, and like his whole thing about how he got into power, like they had to edit so much shit. But basically, do you know how he gets into power? Yes. Okay. But what? So how is how 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 tell me. Wait, what'd you say? Oh, wait, hold on. How? How, how, how? He's like, I'm going to ask chat GPT. Um, No, um, didn't he murder his father, right? Yeah. Well, he had his wife fucking do it. And then he he banished her for killing him. So he wouldn't be, uh, he wouldn't be in trouble. That's right. And he did it. He did it while his fucking brother lost his son. Oh, man. He's such a fucking prick. That's where Zola gets all her stuff from. Yeah, I remember. Oh man, because it's been so long since I've seen the show. But okay, no, I do remember cause, that because he tried. He tried to overthrow his brother, mm-hmm. and the 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 king was like, "Oh, 
you're going to do this while he lost his son. You need to know how it feels. You have to kill your son, your firstborn. And he was going to do it because he was like, ah, fuck him. I don't like Zuko. But his mom was like, no, here's what we'll do. And this will get you the throne. And she fuck, fucking poisoned him. She killed him. Wait. Yeah, I remember that. But wait, why didn't um, why didn't Uncle Iroh become he just didn't want to is that right was it just no, some- he wasn't he wasn't there he was still at bossing say oh okay he couldn't do anything of it and i think i think also after after everything that happened iroh lost all purpose and also it makes sense why he went to the spirit world because he, his whole focus was to see his son again because because yeah. because zhao says i've heard of your uh journey into the spirit world and early on he sees ang on the fucking dragon uh-huh because he because he tried to go to the afterlife. He tried to see his son again. Yeah. Jeez. Okay, so I think I really <laughs> enjoy this show. But I think you like love this show. Like I love I, this fucking show. But I think show. you would love, like you adore Avatar the Last Airbender. You know what I'm saying? I, I have I watched the whole first season and then I what is it? I did the reviews where I had to watch all the director's commentary. I don't know if I got the season three. I think I only did it for the first two because I didn't have season three wasn't out. And then and then uh, when it came out on Netflix again, I watched it again. Mm. So I, I've probably watched the show three yeah, times, which hockey? is a, which is a lot to me. How many? Probably three times. OK, OK. And, and normally I, I watch a show and I like never touch it again. Mm hmm. Um, like I might watch the wire again cause that's, and I've watched some parts of it again. So uh, when was the last time you watched it though? Like when you, you said the third time, whenever when it came that, on Netflix was, was right. So around maybe like COVID what, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I was like maybe like 15 or 16 when I rewatched it. Oh yeah. You missed a lot then. Yeah. For the, sure. I need to go back and rewatch it. And then I need to go back and finish Cora. How am I? And I never even finished Cora. So do I even have like a really solid opinion? I think I still do because it's not the episode's not on Cora, and I can Cora, still. Cora is done with. Well. People don't like Cora. They don't, and you know I was in that same boat a, a little bit. Cora is great. Well, Cora. So what's interesting is Ang is already. Ang doesn't have a lot of self confidence. Yeah, and he he gets it built up. For sure. Where Cora starts with self-confidence and just consistently gets fucking humbled. Yeah. Like consistently humbled. Yeah. Well, I mean, you finished the Zaheer one where it ends with her in a wheelchair bound. Yeah. I remember all of that. Yes. And so her growth after that, because like the Avatar Cycles did, Mm -hmm. her whole purpose is now people and technology are replacing it. Mm-hmm. Um, she can't physically walk. She's, she's mentally and physically broken as a person. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and yeah, it still has a very happy ending. Yeah. I think that's a excellent point. Honestly, I think like you say, Aang has, you know, low self-confidence, low self-esteem. And as we see in the seasons, he continues to grow and become, um, who he really is. And we see his confidence bloom and, like you say, that's really interesting yeah, about Aang Aang has has shit too, which is like the my whole th- favorite thing with Aang is the reverse flip with Zuko. Where in the beginning Aang is like, you know, I gotta do this and do the right thing. And then Zuko is like, it's about my honor. And then in season three it flips finally, and Aang is like, I have to get my honor back. And Zuko's like, I gotta fucking save the world. Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> no, and I think that's that's an excellent point. And I think, you know, you watch it and it's so crazy with his character development, how you think he's the villain and he's not. And I'm um, going back to he's a victim o- of circumstances. Yeah. And like you say, going back to Ozai, where. Because it's a popular question that a lot of fans and people ask, but I think he's a lot more passive as a villain. Maybe there's just not as much complexity with him, but that's what makes Azula so great because she's a way more active. She's all, you know, he's like, like he's pulling the strings and Azula's, Azula's just moving, you know what I mean, for him. So, and then we see, like you say, with book three, how it all kind of breaks down. Uh, uh- Ozai, well, I mean, that's the thing that works. I don't know. Like the thing about Ozai is you don't know a lot about him Mm -hmm. and he does not. Ozai does not risk anything until it has a good payoff. Mm -hmm. And, and what's so interesting is Ozai, Ozai, no, no, because he sends his fucking children. Jeez. He sends his children. He sends his children out to do it. He's willing to sacrifice his kids. It's not until the comet's there and he sees the avatars. He's like, okay, it's it's all in or nothing. And that's when he goes in. And he's a powerhouse. And also, he, he, he fucks with Zuko and makes him stay right for when he's able to finally attack him. When he keeps, remember he keeps Zuko because he's immediately is like, oh, I don't want this motherfucker teaching that teaching the yeah. Avatar, so I'm just gonna fucking kill him. Yeah. And he's like, hey, do you want to know what happened to your mom? And he just waits till he knows he can kill him, mm-hmm. but he didn't expect him to reverse on him. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man. Ozai is a motherfucker. As a oh. villain, he's actually really, really good. It's just you don't you don't see him active because he he literally is the one pulling the strings on things. That is a great perspective man honestly this is why i this is a great this is a cool question man because i never had any i've never approached it that way i've never thought of it that way every time i talk to people about it they're like ozai sucks ozai's bland he's boring you know and to the point i kind of get what they're saying because we don't see much of him but that is a very uh, interesting perspective man that has a lot of depth and I, ozai ozai kills so many people without ever getting his hands dirty yeah and it's it's because he's not gonna he's gonna look a certain way it's not until he has to but if you notice when he does uh like it's a kid show and he's like you know you're weak like the rest of your people and Mm -hmm. just like them you're gonna die so prepare to be you know prepared to die (laughs) like i'm gonna kill this child yeah like 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 if you really look at it but i mean that's the thing is is if you look at in society the scariest people are not the people who kill people they're the people that have other people do the dirty work for them they're responsible for all this mm. um because azul is only the way because of what her father did yeah and you know it's interesting that you say that because when i was approaching it i was just like we are always told you know at least from the last time i watched it how legendary and how you know powerful and intimidating ozai is but we really only see these two scenes maybe in the whole series about his power and like you say these flashbacks of him you know his his wife and him him abusing these kids so i always looked at it like "Eh," you know it's just ozai like it's straightforward like you get what you get with this villain but that's a really interesting perspective man it 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 is but you'd also got to remember that every single thing that happens and all the people who are going after everyone is because of ozai Mm. um and ozai even manipulates uh azula because she wants his no literally (laughs) azula would not be as effective if it wasn't for ozai so like you say they, they, they um it's like a push and pull like they uh 
they dovetail with each other. You know what I mean? And they bounce off each other and wait. And she wait she she loves her. him, but he does he just uses her. Yeah. And I think she really wants his approval, just like Zuko did. And then Zuko realized, not nah, fuck this, fuck that. I'm good on this. Yeah, Zola Zul had never got her mom's approval, and her mom, you know, just disappeared. And mm-hmm. so then she's getting her dad's. And so, but like he don't give a fuck about her. All he cares about is himself. And that's the thing is, is also, and my favorite thing is basically in the very first season, in retrospect, you're realizing right now, Iroh could just like whip Aang's ass probably. For sure. For <laughs> like, sure. Like, like he, he <laughs> t- Later Aang, no. Mm-hmm. But, but first season with Zuko, Iroh could have. But mm-hmm. Iroh is just sitting there being like, hopefully my nephew is, will stop being an idiot. Yeah. Uh, because my favorite thing is is when they in the in book one when they get to the um when they're about to kill the moon spirit mm-hmm. and then Iroh shows his true colors and Iroh is immediately like listen if you do this like yeah. I'm ending everyone here yeah we all needed an Uncle Iroh in our life honestly like you know how Uncle Iroh is so have. good yeah he is is okay so as far as like books. I don't know if I asked you this. If I did, my apologies. Do you have a favorite? Um, Like maybe one that you love. And if you had to go back and watch on TV and you're like, man, you see an episode and you're like, I hope it's this book or an episode from this one. I really, I like all the books. I think they get better as they go. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, cause I think some people had issues with book three a bit for how fast paced certain things were. Yeah, for sure. Even though, even though all the show is, and actually, even though they wrap everything up perfectly, Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say though, the most influential was, was the jump in quality in book two. Okay. And also all the character growth that happens in book two. And then the total rug pull at the end of book two, Mm. I think makes it, it might be, I think season three is my favorite season, but overall, <laughs> overall, I think the best made season, season two. Okay, that's fair. All right. I yeah. get with that. Se- season two is just done so well. Yeah. And I also like how each season, like, uh, I think, I don't know if it was me or you talking about it. It was like when we were talking about like the Matrix and how it's like green. Like, if you notice, book one is all blue and then book two is is green and and um yellow it's like earth tones mm-hmm. and then book three is all red based right like the actual like color of everything oh okay so you're saying like kind of like the the shots and like the the back the background and landscapes is that is that what you mean well not not just that but like just the way it's kind of shaped like when you when you do a film and you do a filter Oh, like, okay. You're, you were talking about Ozark. You okay. said, how does a blue filter? So yes, like, I was just so like, about to say that. Season one is like all blue. Mm-hmm. And then season two is earth tones. And then season three, it's red. And they even do it to the point where like Aang gets rid of his costume. He's wearing the Fire Nation shit. I remember that. In season two, Zuko gets rid of his shit and him and Uncle Iroh are wearing the green. I remember that. I don't remember a specific like hue on my screen. So I'm going to have to go back and watch that. Yeah, but he, but but basically, it's was it? It's water, earth, and fire were the books. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, so like the first season was like more blue. It's more water tones than it's earth tones than it's fire tones for the finale. Okay, 
Yeah, I just noticed that. Like okay. everything about the show is 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 brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will ar- I will argue it it might be Batman the animated series for a long time was my favorite um animated show uh, that was American made. Okay. Even though like this was like I think AMA in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um but Avatar Last Airbender I think takes the number one spot. I think it is the best um animated mainstream show. Sheesh in the my US. Mom. <laughs> you said Batman. My favorite ones when I was a kid was Fairly Odd Parents, Jimmy Neutron, <laughs> and Ben 10 Alien Force. I love the Ben 10 Alien Force. But that, uh that shit's still fun, but I'm just saying yeah. like I'm just saying like you can 20 years later Ben 10 Alien Force still stands the test of time. <laughs> I don't care what you say. It is still fire. Um, comparing it to a- Avatar, it's incomparable. Avatar is yeah, a yeah. whole different wavelength compared to Ben Ten. But um, yeah, you can still like some, but you you gotta you really gotta look at this and just be like, man, this was other than a few little hiccups that mm-hmm. is mainly from Nickelodeon. Yeah, like being like, we can't do this because I, I had a writing teacher mm-hmm. and we were in a class and he watched some Avatar and he's like, man, he's like, I was watching the episode with that kid Jet. He's like that. That whole episode is about a kid terrorist. He said that yes. show. That show's yeah. so fucking crazy. It is. It is. Damn, I didn't. Eat. <laughs> yes. I was just thinking about that shit. That's right. Yeah. That did happen, and he was, and he ambushed them too. Geez, the amount of fuckery that happened in that show was just crazy. Uh, no, because because Jet then goes and uh, what is it? He's like. He's going to kill. He's going to flood a whole village. He's yeah. telling him like, oh, we're going to help like water this place. And then he just tries to kill a whole village. Yeah, it does not succeed. And uh, and then later gets teamed up with Zuko and starts realizing his fire nation mm-hmm. gets then brainwashed and turned into a weapon, then gets killed. And then uh, they have to put his buddy has to put him out of his misery. But they had to edit that out. Um, also, and I'll argue this because I think there's one other show that did this, but you know how there'd always be shows where you have recaps. Mm-hmm. The Emerald Island players, the episode where they have to watch the recap of their life. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. They watch the stage show. Yeah. And yes. And, and they have all this character development and interactions while you're being recapped on everything that happened up to that point. Mm. And it's brilliant. Yes. Cause, cause they've had little episodes where they're like, ah, oh, let's just throw in a recap of this show. And next week we'll get to the finale. And in this, they literally had the fucking characters watch the recap with you. Speaking of that, that's probably my like least favorite episode in the series. <laughs> I love it. I really? love it because it go ahead. Because it sets up all of basically it does multiple things. It recaps the show and while doing it, it sets up all the issues that are about to go and it, it touches on like, Oh, is our Aang Katara love or not? Mm-hmm. And, and Zuko's thinking about like, will his sister kill him and will his uncle forgive him and all this shit. Like there's, there's, there's all this stuff happening and then it ends with them shitting on the last airbender movie. Mm. So, Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I can get definitely get that. Um, <laughs> it's it's really still good. one of my least favorite episodes. I That's think, fine. I think like probably 
there's a couple that are just filler. So I'll be honest with you. If I see Avatar on Nickelodeon, I mean, I'm not really checking for Nickelodeon because we got streaming services. But if I see it and there's a few episodes where I'm just like, mm, I might skip. What episodes? That. What episode? There's only like one filler episode in that whole show. Tales of Bossing Say. That is not a filler episode. That thing, man, just the fucking, the, 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 cause if, if there's character development or something that you learn, mm -hmm. that's important. Okay. The Iroh episode, the okay. Iroh tale in that. I'll agree. The Iroh wasn't that tale in that wasn't that bad. It was, it that was makes good. people cry. Anything with Iroh in it is going to make you cry. Okay. Or it's going to make <laughs> you really want to get some tea and have some very philosophical thoughts. I totally agree with that. <laughs> but I still think that episode, that one, um, maybe Avatar Day and the yeah. Painted Lady. The Painted and the thing is, the Painted Lady has a good moral. It has really good morals in that. that yeah, episode. yeah, but I it's can still see one that. of those episodes where it's just like, I'll keep, I'll keep flipping the channels, channel surfing. Yeah, no, I I can see that. I think though, what's so fun about those episodes though is there are their character, their definitely character growth episodes, because that reinforces the thing of Katara of like, I'm not going to sit by when there's injustice. And, and, and that's, that's I the thing agree. is you can say like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> so I can agree. It doesn't forward the narrative, mm -hmm. but it does forward the character development, which then affects the narrative. Okay. Um, sure. yeah, there, there are a couple little episodes, but see that I like those two because it's like, Oh, we don't have to continue on the story. We get a little side thing. Mm -hmm. like uh that's always my favorite my favorite thing they never did again is uh co the face stealer the big the big fucking centipede monster oh yes that <laughs> thing scared me when i was younger man i don't know why that, that scared so the shit out of me. oh my gosh that scared me so so it's crazy because I got into the lore about it. They mention it a little bit, but on the DVDs they go into it. But like the the fucking pre they no, they mention it in season three for a second and then just like they're like, We don't have time to animate it and it scared the fuck out of kids, so we can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, but that woman that he shows the face, that was the previous avatar that was another avatar's um wife. Mm -hmm. They were they were being they were married at that um you know that little um lake yes and where the two fish were yes i remember so, so that that can connect you that's a like a almost basically it's like isn't it the north pole yeah it's right there okay so that's like one of the ways to get into the spirit realm mm -hmm. so um when uh they got married there and co came out of the water and fucking took her and he killed her and took her face. And that's why he's talking to Avatar. And he said another one. He said something about killing the one he, lo she, he loved. And he has that woman's face. And then he turns into the baboon. That's her fucking face. Because he gave up his dues as Avatar and traveled the spirit world. And he couldn't um, use his powers. And he took a spear and tried to fucking kill him. Wow. Sheesh, man. And, and they mentioned a bit, a bit in season three when he's talking to Avatar and the one is talking about like in Code the Face Stealer took her and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This wasn't a kid's show. It, was no. a kid's <laughs> show. it wasn't a kid's show, man. Like the fact that they were pulling, there was so much more context and there was so much 
so much other things happening than what my freaking 11 year old ass just thought this dude on a flying bison just kicking people's asses and i'm like these elements these thematic elements that were in avatar is just crazy so, so if they nail this and they put more of that in the live action i'll be like oh my god this is great mm-hmm. because there's so much stuff that they're like yeah we couldn't really put this in because nickelodeon was like yeah but yeah it's like that's like he like co is taunting the avatar by showing the the face of that woman and it's because it's the previous avatar's wife you fucking killed her and and you're just like and you look at that retrospect and be like oh yeah that's what he's trying to do to see if it if if that triggers him Mm. but because ang has no effect he's like ah this ain't the same motherfucker that tried to kill me jeez okay wow (laughs) man yeah i'm reading right now it says that it's gonna tell the whole story but i don't think when when they say that they're talking about from the movie so this is a really good point and something really significant to remember as you mentioned like i don't even know if it's trying to do there's nothing to do redemption from the animated series if anything they're just trying to highlight it in a live action live action um display yeah. but i think it's just redemption from the movie but since you haven't seen the movie there's really nothing you know what i'm saying so there's I- I I will I probably will watch the show. Like yeah. I'm gonna give it a shot. Like it yeah. could be really fucking good. I'm just saying that it's kind of hard to tout do perfection. Mm-hmm. I think is an animated show. It is it is one of the best that we've ever made. The US has ever made. Seriously. Um, uh, were there any other animated shows that were like became live action that were just spectacular or just perfect not like movies i'm just thinking like as far as like series can you think of any i don't know of a lot of shows that were cartoons that were turned into live action yeah 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 but but uh basically who's your favorite character in the show Hmm. Probably, um, mm, I gotta think of that. Uh, I think honestly, either Zuko or Ty Lee. Oh, you like why? Why Ty Lee? I just think she's funny, bro. I just she's a breath of fresh air. I love her. I just, I just fuck with Ty Lee. Ty Lee's the shit. And why Zuko? Because I think he had the best character development, and I think like he was. Yeah, I think out of everyone in the show, I'll say this. Everyone had great character development, but he was the one character where watching it for the first time, I didn't think that was going to happen. That complete 180 he did. So <laughs> I didn't think I didn't think his storyline was going to go that way. So to this day, um it, it just think it shows that people can grow, people can change, people can raise to believe one thing and um have this much hate and contention and I think it just talks about how important it is to ask questions and how kind of be control of your own fate and destiny, you know, captain of your own shit, master of your own fate. So I love that for Zuko. And I think that's probably why he's my favorite character. And um, Ty Lee, she's just energetic. You know, she's cheerful. Um, She's from the Fire Nation. And I don't think there's a lot of people from the Fire Nation that are just overwhelmingly, like, just very, like, happy and joyful. So that's probably my favorite. Like, Zuko and then Ty Lee is a close second. How about you? Uh, it de- definitely Zuko. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just because of the character development and how I didn't because pre- most kid shows are very simple where it's like, we're just going to have this motherfucker is evil chasing down this other kid. Yeah. 
And um, but also because Dante Bosco is a really good actor Mm -hmm. and he makes the character. Mm -hmm. He really does. He's really everyone is perfectly cast. I like Aang, too. I like Aang a lot. I think what Aang is (laughs) controversial. No. I'll say this. Aang grew on me. You know what I'm saying? I think. Well, he grows. He starts out as a kid. Like, yeah, that's what's so important. First season. And I think this, I think it's still important they did this. And I wouldn't change it any other way. The very first season, I was like, oh, my God, man. Aang is just kind of annoying. But like, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. my gosh. But like, like you say, book two, just crazy, crazy growth. Book three, just, man, he. Yeah. So I definitely agree with that. But um. I grew to love Aang. I didn't love Aang at first, and maybe that's how it was supposed to be, honestly. Well, I well, you know what is funny is uh is all this is based on like the hero's journey, and it's sort of the Luke Skywalker thing. In the first movie, Luke is like a whiny bitch. I always love Luke. No, he's great, but (laughs) look how much he grows through those three movies. Yeah. Like by the end of it, you're like, yeah, he's the fucking he's the he's the the return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And and in Avatar, you're like, bro, this kid has to defeat the Fire Lord. And then by the end of it, you're like, yeah, he's going to whip his ass. Right. Like, it's it, it, there's no way he's winning. Right. Uh, when it's actually what makes it so interesting at the end is not the fact that it's like that he, he can win. Like, you know, he can win. Mm-hmm. It's just, can he kill him? Yeah. It's 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 more of that. It's more of this belief about, like, do I have to throw away everything I believe in to save the world? Do I have to? throw away all, you know, the things that I hold dear to me to save people. Right. And, and, uh, but no, if you really want to know, like, I think every character is great. Sokka is great, all that. But I think, uh, my favorite was always, I like Katara and Zuko. Okay. Why Katara? I can see it, but like, I just want to know you personally. Um, I really like her character and she has this thing wanting to revenge too. Mm-hmm. And I think she's, um, very talented and, uh, how can I put this? Like she, she every character has some complexity to him, but I just kind of connect with her. Um, because, uh, how can I put this? Like she, she does a lot of things that are interesting. Like e- even to the point where how, righteous she is and good as a person she will she is also she will have moments where she will throw away her beliefs to to get something done mm-hmm. like the blood bending shit yeah where where if Qatar was in Aang's position even with her religious background she'd be like all right i'm killing this motherfucker mm-hmm. and and i'm more like that ang is just like nope not gonna do it and that's why i kind of dig Qatar because if if to throw away all her ideals to actually achieve something to save the world, Katara be willing to do it. Yeah, I agree. With yeah, that. K- K- Katara just to find out the person who killed her mother was like, "Yeah, I'm going to do some wild shit." Even Zuko's like, "What the fuck?" Bro, that episode was <laughs> dark as shit, bro. Again, another episode like where you're like, "Why is this on Nickelodeon? Why did I watch yeah. SpongeBob, SpongeBob building sandcastles?" And then go to how this this jo- this girl is tracking down the person who murdered her her mother. Like it was just crazy. Like oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's so much about Katara. I um I love because she's a really good person and wants to do the right thing, but at the same time, um, 
she's like spiteful. It makes her very human. Mm -hmm. All these characters are all very human. Aang is too, you know, where, where like, you know, it's, it's Aang's thing is that he's already humble when he comes back because he, he realizes he threw away his responsibility and failed the world. Mm -hmm. And then in season two, he fails the world again. Yeah. In bossing St. Falls. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's in it. <laughs> well, go ahead. Go ahead. No. And it, and, and, and the craziest thing and someone pointed out is Iroh was always like, I had dreams of conquering bossing say, and then he does conquer it, but not, <laughs> but not to fucking subjugate. Yeah. Yeah. Which comes full circle. And it's, it's stuff like that where you're like, Oh, this show is so well written. It's so good. Yeah. And to be honest with you, like another, like, character that isn't even my favorite because i don't know they don't have like as far as like a overwhelmingly significant significant <sighs> impact on the show however the role that they were in i think like it was just so cool and that is um long fang and the die lee oh my gosh yeah i love long fang and the die lee like those episodes, i'm looking at that i thought i was brainwashed just watching them because i was just like the amount of influence and power he had like just the brainwashing was just crazy. How intricate the brainwashing process was. That that mo- that whole season is like you show that to a QAnon person, they'd be like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's that deep state shit." Yeah, that everyone always talks about. Like, if you really want to see real deep state shit, yeah. they watch that. Yeah, that was crazy. Another thing where it's just like these are some very dark, twisted thematic elements that I don't. Yeah, think, the- I don't think I don't think like going back. I don't think like a a 10 year old will really understand, like will be able to comprehend like the depth of avatar. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think at least like maybe someone who was like 14, you know what I'm saying? Like 14, that's probably like a good age to see. Like if I had a kid, I would like, Hey, maybe like you're, you can watch it, but I don't think you understand it. You know what I mean? And maybe you can rewatch it again when you become a little bit older. Like, but I totally did not understand everything that was happening the very first time I watched that show. So there is something that I forgot about. And this is from that paper I wrote, because I think this this has a lot, even though that paper I wrote was about religion, this has to do with enlightenment and character growth. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a thing in the paper I talk about. You have a Guru Patik, which was the air nomad guru. Mm-hmm. Remember, Aang goes to see him yeah. and he's like, you have to open your chakras and you can't you can't be. Um, what is it? You have to get rid of your earthly attachment of love. Mm-hmm. And he refuses to, cause he loves Qatar. He said, why would I do that? Like, that's my whole purpose. Mm-hmm. I have, that's the only person I have now. Yeah. Um, what's interesting. And I picked this up on this paper long ago and I'm looking at it going, yep. Um, is the goal is to reach enlightenment. And so while that guy's a guru, uncle Iroh is also a guru. Uncle Iroh has been to the fucking spirit world. Mm-hmm. He's 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 had loss and he's lived a long life. He gives tons of good advice. Right. And so he he asks Iroh, I have some advice for you about love. And basically Iroh just says like, yeah, it's kind of power is overrated. Giving up love doesn't make sense. And remember, and Iroh had ultimate power and was going to become the king of the Fire Nation and then lost his son and realized none of that meant shit. Mm hmm. If I had no love, what's the point? Yeah. And then he loves Zuko. And what's crazy about that is also Aang is given up earthly attachment 
to gain power. Mm-hmm. So he is still attached to something. Yes. Because if you give up love for power, you're still a, you yeah. still have an attachment. That's right. And so, and so basically, Ira is just like, fuck that. Choose love and all that. And at the very end, when he gets all his chakras aligned, he's able to to like access that state. It, it, it's that thing about Aang reaches enlightenment his own way. He he is told by different people what to do, but he reaches his own path to enlightenment. And he and also with all the advice that all the avatars give him about how to kill and deal with the Fire Lord, he finds his own way to do that too. And the reason behind it is, is because you see like Katara learns does certain moves that are more earth based, even though it's water bending, and Iroh learns the water bending stuff to redirect energy. And he talks about all the nations actually being the same, just different elements because, because, um, all the elements are an illusion. Yeah. Like all it is, is just energy. Yeah. And so what Aang realizes is like, yeah, like I, the, I'm the avatar. Cause I realize that the things that separate us really don't. And it's actually all the same shit and you can just manipulate energy. And so he just manipulates his, his, uh, energy. So he can't bend anymore. That's it. <laughs> Beautifully and poetically said, my friend. Honestly, yeah. I don't think that is great. Honestly, I don't think I could be able to say something like that about Avatar. Like, oh, I, 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 don't, I thought of dumb bullshit a lot. I'm sorry. No, but... you're good. No, you're good. That's really important because I think that's very, very true. And um, I think it's powerful. I think it's very insightful. Um. It just adds another layer of complexity and depth that this show truly does have. And it allows yeah. you to really like question those things and allows you to really, like you say, from your world religion class, like interpret, like who would have thought like Avatar, you know, a lot of people are probably writing about, were probably wrote about so many other things and none of them probably ever thought like, I'm going to choose this, you know, animated, animated series off Nickelodeon and the amount of significance that that animated series off Nickelodeon has it's just um truly truly impactful you know what i mean so shout mm. out to you and um shout out to avatar you know it's great even to this day you can take away something from it you can write papers on it. i wish i had the opportunity to write a paper <laughs> on it honestly well i mean i i found out that i can do amazing shit if i have an interest in whatever i do mm-hmm. and um and and that's like the thing is find the love in it. But yeah, the, I mean, I'm looking at this paper I wrote and there's a good point is like, well, how do all the other avatars marry and end up entering the avatar state? Mm-hmm. Even fucking Roku gets married. Yeah. It has kids. <laughs> oh, by the way, his kids has offspring. It's Zuko. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that shit? I do. And even like, even what you saying, like there's still, like I said, <laughs> It's just extraordinary. I mean, there's just so there's endless things to talk about within the series and endless things to analyze. You know what I mean? Someone. So one of the things I'll talk about, I think we should talk about season three. Okay. Because I think that's where a lot of shit gets wrapped up. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things about season three, and I read something about this is like in the hero's journey, normally the master, whoever is like guides the hero it gets to a point where they they die mm-hmm. and so the hero has to go their own way mm-hmm. and they didn't really want to do that with uncle iroh they were like we're not going to kill them mm-hmm. you know um but what happens is he no longer wants to deal with zuko and then he breaks out later so zuko is left with no one and he has to find his own way yeah 
And one of the things I, someone has pointed out and I've read, well, it's not only the framing where they'll frame Zuko's face, you know, Mm -hmm. but whenever Iroh's talking to Zuko, when it cuts to Iroh's perspective, he has all this room, even though he's in a cell. And when it cuts to Zuko's, you, the bars are always closing in on him. Because so even though even though Iroh's in the prison, it's like, I'm fine with myself. I'm not trapped worrying about oh, wow. my sister or father killing me or what my right choice is. I made the right fucking choice. Yeah. You know, like when he gets captured, he just looks away from Zuko. He's yeah. just like, fuck. This is true. Exactly. <sighs> yeah. I didn't even think about that. Bro, you 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 should watch some episodes again as an adult, and you'll be like, "What?" No, the I need fuck? to rewatch the entire series again as an adult, <laughs> like ASAP. And then I need to go and finally finish Korra. But no, I I agree. And honestly, um, I know a lot of people, a lot of fans of the show, have like you know, like you say, book two. It's not even just the best, but um, as their favorite. But that's what I think. Book three. For me, um, at least the last time I watched it, because of book three is fire, Zuko's literally arc, um, him becoming, you know, Aang's firebending teacher, um, everything comes full circle, um, you know, and then also I remember when I very watched it for the very first time of uh, everything that built everything that was building up to the day of the Black Sun, um, that was just crazy, right? And I remember the very first time I watched that, and I was just like jumping like yes 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 like karma karma and then because you know literally that was literally like a season finale but since again making this show so spectacular is that since that invasion was such you know a phenomenal failure in a way um they got to go right back you know what i mean to a new plan and that's where we start seeing how these best episodes from the show from this season come into play and i think a lot of people like these these episodes i'm talking about that happened after Invasion of the Black Sun, where everyone's like, they just were so fast. They were kind of, kind of like, oh, they're good. Springboarded on you, but at the same time, like you say, they were great. They were great episodes. But even I think honestly, there really wasn't a bad. Ep- there's like you say, there's really no. no bad episodes in the series. The, even in season three, there wasn't a bad episode. I think I think the whole issue is it just it just goes so quick that people wanted more time with the characters. Yeah, like, but the whole thing is they have to balance a shit ton of characters in season three. Yeah. Like, like when everyone is together, yeah. Like they're 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 covering Aang's group, the Fire Lord and Azula, and then Iroh and the the White Lotus, mm-hmm. and then they're also covering um, Ty Lee and what's that other girl's name that was May like, May May. You know what I mean? Like that's also they're also in there for a good amount of time too. And then we had them random. Them random outbursts from Combustion Man, you know, tracking them down too. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Those those episodes are uh, are, yeah. Season three is really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, he has hair, you know, yeah, like crazy. Also, like we already talked about the Guru, the Crossroads of Destiny. That finale, I'm so happy I did not watch that live when it was like happening where you had to wait because when i tell you like i immediately was like where's book three where's this dvd i have i need to figure out what happens right now because there's no way i would have been okay 
if I saw that on TV premiere. And then- no, no. I remember telling my friend, cause I don't watch it. And he's like, Oh, what happened? I'm like, they fucking killed him. And he's like, what? And I was like, Bro, they fucking killed him. I was like, I'm sitting here being like, what the fuck? He's like, he's like, have the series end. I'm like, uh, Bai Sang fell and, uh, I rose in prison. Uh, and, and Aang just got fucking murdered and, and I'm just like, is this another season? Yeah. But you didn't think it was actually going to end like that. Did you, did you <clears throat> No, but no, wait, you mean the, the second season? Yeah. Fuck no. Yeah. <clears throat> I was like, oh, he's going to have the Avastar ta- state and, and save the boom just gets blown the fuck away. Right. And why was she the <clears throat> only, why was this the only one with blue flame? I don't, for, do you remember because she she had no um, emotion and she was very precise. Oh. It was supposed to be like emotionless, but also I think flames have different colors mm-hmm. in real life, mm-hmm. and also you see from the dragons they show the different yeah. colors. Uh, but also I think it was an aesthetic choice because they knew if if they were going to have Azula and him fight, it would stand out more. Mm. It would contrast. Okay, but. But no, it's supposed to be because she's very much like um, very precise and she doesn't have a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. She's just cold and calculated. And mm-hmm. so they did the blue flames, you know, like if you if you have like a, a the the gas propane flames, mm-hmm. they're like the real blue. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. I like that. Yeah. No, that was really cool. I just always, I always wondered. I was just like, there had to be some specific reason. I know they touched on it a bit in the show, but it's been a while. So I'm like, I forgot what, why was her flame blue? Because I know Zuko, no one really, no one else had blue flame. Was there someone else that talked about possessing blue flame or was it just her throughout the entire series? Like, did someone else have it or like, was it talked about in history? Was it just her? Uh, other people might have had it in history, but they never touch on that in the okay. show. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, Az- Azula's whole thing is is just like it, it suits her because because that's like Zuko. <clears throat> Zuko loses the ability to firebend, mm-hmm. and he has to re get because he he has no anger anymore, mm-hmm. and then he gets the. The, his purpose and he's able to and the whole deal with Azula is it's is because she's kind of like a psychopath it's not anger or hate or love it's just she has to do this sort of thing yeah because because I don't know if you know but like firebending it's pointed is tied to emotion yes I remember that and, and so that's to so Azula like feels nothing mm. and that's what's supposed to represent okay okay quick question and maybe it's just me did you have like a respect as the series grew and maybe specifically like what core for me when i first started maybe the last season of avatar and no maybe i'd say i always had a respect a decent amount of respect for airbending but i'll be honest when i was younger, I was like airbending is so whack like they could have called it avatar the last firebender anything but airbending but i think as I started to see as it being displayed and executed more defensively because I guess it's always been a defensive element. I started having more of a defensive element. Yeah. Like I all, I think I started having a lot more respect for airbending to be quite honest. When I started watching Korra, maybe the last season of avatar, maybe like 
but core was when it really was like oh wow like you can really do a lot with airbending you know what i mean bitch and An- can fucking like fly and stuff no i get that i totally get that <laughs> but i'm saying like i think when i was seeing it cuz the whole philosophy of air nomads is like peaceful and you know nonviolence and i totally get with that right but at the same time i always thought like okay they can fly really good culture you know but like it's fluid but i think when i started watching cora <laughs> and i was just seeing it just displayed in just so many different ways especially like we said with like the suffocation right and like that was just crazy and taking the breath out and i was just like and then just to hear just was like fucking shit up and i was like whoa like airbending is so crazy kind of like with the um the bloodbending right like you just see yeah. it in a whole other defensive art and way and top with the uh metal bending right yeah you start seeing all these different elements and you start seeing like oh actually like how dynamic they really are so i think airbending i have a lot of respect for honestly i think it's probably when i was younger we used to play we'd be like oh what element are you and anybody that was like i'm air but they'd be like you're whack you know what i mean but now it's like <laughs> airbending is the shit you know what i mean airbending is super in you just i feel like it's probably the most spiritual element but maybe oh, i don't know but that I just didn't know. Maybe maybe that was just my you know experience and opinion. You're probably like, nah, man. I was always hip. I always knew airbending was the goat. Uh, I don't think any of them are are the best. I know that. I think personally, I would be a firebender. Um, but I I definitely think they're all great. Why would you be and a firebender? We we talked about this already. Okay, I for, can you can you maybe um explain it to, to our few <laughs> listeners. I always liked fire. <clears throat> I find it really useful uh, in general, mm-hmm. and um, and I kind of like their fighting style more. Okay. I think that would be what I what I would be because firebending has a lot of uh, kicks and stuff and mm-hmm. straight up forward based strikes. Um, <clears throat> something I did notice though is both firebending and earthbending require you to have a strong base. Mm-hmm. Where water bending and air bending do not, you do not have to have your feet. You do not have to have a lot of balance yeah. to do it. If you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like they're all they're all based in like rooting yourself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of wild because like air and fire are opposites, and then water and earth are opposites, but they have similarities too. But I think um, you had to be grounded with airbending. Like, I think you had to be very spiritually intact and aware with airbending. Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, grounded in, in the way of, oh, like, like how you grounded, plant your feet. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That, that's, that's why... So this is what's interesting, is, like, on the end fight with Azula, you know how Zuko does that shit? He did this Zhao, but he does a new version where he does basically, like, the break dance, and he shoots the oh, fire yeah, everywhere. I remember that thing. And it fucks up. That's from airbending. <laughs> yeah. That's from him hanging out with Aang. Oh, yeah. Because <clears throat> airbending is is not very straightforward. It's, like, around. Yeah. And so Zuko is like, oh, that thing worked on Zhao because they need the grounding, and so I'm going to do this break dance shit. And so it's little stuff like that where you'll start noticing incorporating other fighting styles because they all got together. Yeah. And so he's still using that element, but he used fire like how you do air. Mm -hmm. And they're both elements that you can, they're around you. Mm -hmm. Like the sun, heat, air, it's all around you. Yeah. So I like that, how they're the ones that you can just, show because because basically they're both controlling air Mm -hmm. 
I agree with that. Okay, that's really it's, that's a really good approach. And then and then the other two are controlling something that is more physical. You can see. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I just said fire because I was a pyromaniac when I was younger. So, <laughs> me too. Actually, um, I said a trash can fire. And then you know, once I saw <laughs> X Men and I saw Bobby and Pyro going at it, I was like, I want to be like him. And you know that wasn't a good thing. You know what I mean? But to this day. We'll talk about that another time, but yeah, fire, fire's fire, fire's all. I, I I think though, when it comes to like the places to conquer, waterbenders and and uh, earthbenders are are bastards to try to take over. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, can you really even can you really put air in it? Because you know what I'm saying. Like, there was air was already conquered when I guess the series started. So. Well, also, I think air, it's just no one could make it to the air temples. Yeah. But also the whole thing with air is that they weren't a threat because they're n- they never attacked anyone. Yeah. So what's the, like, why why should I care about air? Right. Like, you got to worry about water and earth because those motherfuckers will fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they really, but do. the only reason they attacked the air temples was because to kill the Avatar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's actually a great reason why also they didn't actually want to kill him because he'd be reincarnated. And they were like, we can't have that shit. Jeez. Um, Did you read that paper in the to the class or was it submitted online? That was just submitted. My teacher later was like, that was a good fucking paper. I was like, thank you. Bro, yeah. Like, I'm going to finish the rest of that paper once we get this episode. I, I've written some good shit over the years, mm-hmm. and it makes me mad because I feel like I wasted my time. I had a, I had a, uh, what is it? The dean of, of, of the college I went to offered to write me a letter of recommendation, and I didn't take it because I was a fucking idiot. I was mm-hmm. like, nah, I'm good. Um, I do want to mention in the show General Zhao. <clears throat> okay. Um, because that is, because I love, that was when I knew the show was going to be good because Jason Isaacs voiced him. I'm not really f- familiar with who Jason Isaac is. Jason Isaac is, is a, a bad motherfucker. He's okay. a great actor. Okay. So with Jason Isaac, mm-hmm. he, um, what happened is they watched that, that Mel Gibson movie, the Patriot. Okay. And he's the villain in that movie. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, God, it'd be so cool if we got something like that, asshole. And they were like, you could just, you know, when they found out their budget, they were like, oh, we can hire him. <laughs> um, he also plays Malfoy's dad in Harry Potter. Okay, wow. Yeah, J- Jason Isaac is like the Patriot, Harry Potter, Peter Pan, um, uh, <clears throat> Fury. Mm. Okay. Um, but he's he's uh, he's pretty good. He was in the West Wing, Highlander, uh, all all sorts of stuff. Yeah, Zhao was um the Agni Kai, right? Okay, yes, I remember. Yeah, General Zhao. Long Feng was Clancy Brown. Uh, Ozai is Mark Hamill. Mm. Um, Mark Hamill. You didn't, wow, you didn't know that? No, what? Yeah, Mark Hamill voiced Ozai from the first season. Wow. Get out of here. Yeah. They had some heavy a, hitters in this show. Shit. Oh, the, sh- the show has some way heavy hitters. Wow. Really good. Also, in a shout out, I haven't listened to all of it. Um, I don't know if you know this, but but because of the resurgence after Netflix, uh, 
I forget her name, the girl who voices Cora and Dante Bosco host a podcast uh, that is officially licensed and they get cast members and from the show and people worked on the show and they talk and they, they go through each episode Ooh. and I, I listen to a little bit of it, but it it's like, it's an avatar podcast that is like officially licensed by Paramount. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, they got paid to do that and they, they get some of the uh, voice actors uh, back on or some of the people who created the show and they, and they get them on for an episode and they just, they go over an episode and how it was made and all that shit. Get out of here. Yeah. Jeez. Well, I definitely please send that when you have time, because I would love to check that out. I think what I'll have to do is it'll take me forever to finish it. Cause I'm going to watch an episode probably then go listen to the podcast, listen to their analysis of it, then watch another episode. So, cause it's called avatar. Um, braving the elements okay and um oh yeah so coming january 2024 season three of it oh so i guess they're gonna cover season three finally and you um, listen to every episode no i haven't but i know it's <clears throat> it's um it's it's a show it, it's it's good uh jeez mm. well now i know when i cook some dinner i know now when i got Bro, a they got ron funches came on the podcast what the fuck sorry we're looking at yeah the yeah new year celebration with grade uh i forget how to say her name who did azula she came on the podcast mike d martino and brian Kanetsko came on for book two earth holiday special to talk about all of book two um yeah they they get a lot of stuff. It it has on Apple Podcasts. It is a four point nine out of five rating. Wow! <laughs> and people are like, it's really good. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Host Janet uh, Varney, the voice of Cora, and Dante Bosco, the voice of Prince Zuko. Each week, they rewatch every episode after our last Airbender, then break down key themes, noble battles, and behind the scenes trivia. Special guests from cast members to producers join them to explore it. So they have been doing this. And they're now trying to do that Avatar movie. Like, I think it might go to theaters. They plan to do two or three um, animated films. Jeez. And I'm like, I'm sitting here and it's all the same. It's all the same writers. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> like, I will, I'll go watch it. I will be there. Yeah. Opening night to watch this stupid shit. Um, opening night. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I could see myself doing the opening night. I fucking love Avatar. I think it is brilliant. Yes, I will tell you what was brilliant that did scare me real quick. That spirit, that um, <laughs> that barn owl spirit, that the library, <laughs> the library, great. By the way, that's where. Remember, that's where Zhao found out about the fucking spirits. <sighs> he goes, he kills them. Yeah, that's right. Oh wow, that's 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 right. <laughs> This show's so good. It is, and baby. also, also in that library, you see a book with the lion turtle that shows up in season three. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the lion turtle is also in a statue in season one. If wow. I'm not so some foreshadowing <laughs> elements. Jeez. They foreshadowed fucking everything That's insane. in that show. That's insane. my favorite. My what is your favorite episode of the show? Mm, that's is, is, hard. It, is it Zuko alone? No, but that's, that's a that's a good that's episode. A great episode. That is a great episode. Ooh, 
Because I know what mine is. Which I know what mine is. Wait, let me guess. Let me, is it, let, what, what book is it? And then I can try to guess real quick. It, 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 well, it'd be hard to say. Like there, I'd probably have three up, but the one That's I'm thinking insane. off the top of my head. Like the number one is kind of like, sheesh. It, not including the finale. Okay, not including the okay. So not we, including the finale. Can we disclude? Can we disclude all of those in comments or just the last? All part? four episodes. Okay. All four episodes. Because that that that's like perfection. Okay. They're fucking good. Okay. Um, yeah. So the shows in comment that was so good. It's basically a movie. They were just like, here's four episodes in a row. Go. <laughs> yeah. Um. <sighs> okay. What was yours? I love. I, lo- I love me some, some bro. I will not take this ang hate because motherfucking ang talking to the goddamn moon spirit about failing because he's going he's he's leaving straight up to just go kill the fire lord at the very beginning of season three okay so um wait not the awakening wait no i'm you want me to tell you what the episode is my episode yeah i'm just saying stuff because i'm just bringing up your your hate for ang because Aang's the shit Aang, man let's put that <laughs> i do not hate ang at all i love okay Aang. okay okay i just did not like ang i didn't really like ang season one i didn't appreciate ang that's a bad that, word i didn't appreciate that's fine Aang. yeah a- ang after season one is a very interesting character especially exactly. in season three okay who, who would you um, say? my favorite episode is the avatar and the fire lord okay why oh man uh because I like me some um, Ron Perlman. Okay. And him doing Fire Lord Sozin mm-hmm. and showing Sozin and Roku and and how everything came to be and how they fucking killed the Air Nomads mm-hmm. and um, all the stuff where Zuko learns that Roku is his grandfather. Oh. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Because yeah. he didn't know the Avatar was his fucking grandfather. Yeah. I, okay. On his mom's side. Okay. And like, oh wow. Like that shit's so deep. And um, and my favorite thing about that episode is like you're just like it just shows like how these people that were friends like how it falls apart. And like he could have saved his friend, and he just looks at him, and he just like nah, like I'm just gonna let you fucking die. <laughs> That's fucked. Yeah. Okay. And then when he goes to die, that's how his dragon goes with him to spirit world. His dragon just comes down and just dies with him. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. And okay. It, yeah, dude, dude, that, that episode, go watch that episode again. Just watch we, that I one. I need to rewatch the entire, we no, discovered just, that throughout this whole thing. <laughs> I need to just go back and watch the show. It's, it's Uh-oh. a really good show, dude. Yeah. It's not a kid's show. No. Um, okay. I think for me. <sighs> Cause it's hard to just really pick one. Uh, it is, it is, but just, just think of one and pick it. But mine is avatar and the fire Lord. I think that answers all these questions that you had of like, how the fuck did Roku die? And how'd Roku say fucked up? Yeah. And like how Zuko tied to Aang and all the, and it, and it just, it just answers everything. Yeah. Um, I say probably the boiling rock one and two. I thought that was really unique. That's um, a really good episode. I thought it was fun. I think um, Prison Break is one of my favorite shows. So it kind of just gave me a little bit of that vibe. Uh, the sacrifices, um, the twists in The Boiling Rock were really good. Uh, in a close second after The Boiling Rock, I'd probably say Lake Lao Guy. Because I think yeah. that was just so phenomenal. I think <sighs> the brainwashing, I think that was such a, like a very like mature and like really dark element. I think that was probably really probably the first dark element that I really saw watching that um, season in that episode of just the brainwashing. And you see... The Dai Li, you see the headquarters, 
um, Jets return. It was just so crazy. I think so. Probably those two. The the craziest thing. So there's like there's a scene where in Zuko alone, Zuko sees a um, he ends up stealing like food from a, a pregnant couple, a couple in the what lays pregnant. I think I remember that. And then later you see them going into Bossing Say, and later the Qatar is the one who delivers the baby. Because remember they they that yes bro and then yeah and then you have you have Appa's lost days where randomly you run into Suki yeah and and you're just like you're like yes she she meets Azula you hear nothing about it and randomly and on the Black Sun she's like oh yeah your name's Sokka right mm-hmm. like my favorite prisoner my slave like used to talk about you all the time and you're like what the fuck <laughs> like <laughs> like I remember being like. That's when you're going to fill in what happened. Yeah. Like she's she. Yeah. And then the boiling rock thing happens. And then uh, Ty Lee is like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. And just fucking they just just beats her ass. Yes. OK, so I already said what my like least favorite <laughs> episode. So do you have a least favorite? All the episodes are great. But one, did you say what it was? Oh. <sighs> There's that one that's kind of a filler that's about the two groups and he lies about it being like a kickball game. The beach? It's like, no, it's about, no, the beach episode's great. I love that one. Um, the Great Divide? No, not that one. Yeah, I think it is, is The Great Divide. Okay. Yeah, it's probably that one. That's I probably that the one episode. just because it has nothing to do. But that's what's so bad to say is like, even the worst episode of Avatar is better than a lot of TV shows. Yeah, a lot of people, man, did not like that Basho of the Water Tribe, but I really thought that was cool to see some of their heritage and, you know, the friend of uh, Sokka and Katana's dad. I thought that was cool, but a lot of people... Well, were- isn't that the episode where Aang fucking lies to him? Yes. And, and then and then June or whatever is tracking them, and then they have that yep. huge fucking fight. Yeah. And then he's like, Uncle... I didn't see you get hit. Why are you paralyzed? And he's like, Shh. yeah, because because he's just he's just stealing shit. Yeah. And being a being an old pervert. And uh, not an old pervert. that's a great episode. Man. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Like like if someone says, like, I don't like that episode. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, what's crazy about this whole um, about this whole episode <laughs> that we discuss Avatar. We did not. I do want to maybe talk about Toph a little bit because I feel like we did not really show Toph any love. Do you have any thoughts on Toph? Oh yeah, Toph is a great character. She has some of the best episodes mm-hmm. in the show. Um, is actually a good comic relief. I kind of like having a disabled character that laughs at themselves. Yeah, I thought that was really good representation because I don't think I don't think I ever saw that growing up. Like even with it being animated, or whatever, like a blind character. You know what though? I hate I hate that shit sometimes because people are like represent. It works if it works and if the character is fun and it makes it realistic because yeah. that character is um, uh, what is it? That character is very much very self aware of their strength and weaknesses. Very much, and also makes fun of it. Mm-hmm. But there's a thing that it there's also. Also has one of the best lines in the show, which is, oh, that's a lot of fire, isn't it? Because even though she can't fucking see, she's like, God damn. Oh, yeah. Like at the end, because they and there's even I think there's a thing where like even people that are like totally blind, if it's if it's like an explosion or something like they can actually see a little bit. Mm. 
um, or it would just be her feeling it. But either way. But yeah, everything else was um, enhanced. And I mean, she had to be an earthbender. It just made perfect sense. And then her discovering how to metal bend was just like, come on. No, Toph, Toph is, uh, well, it's like, it's like we didn't talk about Sokka. And Sokka is one of the best characters in the show. And also the, the, the Sokka's master episode where uh, I forget his name. He played the T-1000 in Terminator. Robert Patrick. Mm-hmm. Robert Patrick voiced his master. You need to talk about a catch. <laughs> That's a great actor. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I will say he's another one where at first he just seemed like he's always like nagging. Like I wasn't a he had to grow on me, too, man. Um, yeah, but see, that's the thing is like in retrospect, when you look at things, it's like he's the only they took all the men. Mm-hmm. They took all the men. He had no men to look up. Yeah, to. that's true. There's there's like all this stuff. There's stuff that happens when you get older where you're just like you start having realizations about shit you never realized before, mm-hmm. just from a different perspective. Yeah. Um and uh yeah that it kind of shows you about trying to look at other people's perspectives overall yeah um that's true i do want to say do you have any like honorable mentional characters or like characters that like were like cool for what like the episodes they were in or like jet okay jet's fucking awesome i love jet i feel so bad for jet okay jet jet's whole life was fucking ruined Mm -hmm. And he became vengeful and, but he fucking, um, he broke out of it. He died on his own terms, but yeah. Mine would be Boomy. Like, yeah. Boomy was cool. Yeah. Um, I thought Suki was cool too. Uh, Suki is great. Everyone likes Avatar Kiyoshi. Yeah. So, yeah. Man, there was some really good, but I'm, you're staying with Zuko. I'm staying with Zuko and Ty Lee. Um, Tyler's, you know, my my thinking. I'm gonna stick stick aside. I, I I think everyone agrees uh, that the older you get, I had a friend who never even watched the show that much, but I showed him a few things, and I think he went down the the YouTube rabbit hole of just looking up scenes with Uncle Iroh. Mm. Okay, because Uncle Iroh is just um, you can absorb a lot and take a lot from his character in real life. Also, his character is hilarious. At times, for sure, for sure. Yeah, he's very much. Um, also, he's he's one of the most badass characters in the fucking show. For sure. He just he just decides not to fight, which is because it's it's hilarious. Yeah, which even like proves his badassery. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't. Yes. Have to, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't have to resort that. He's not quick tempered. You know what I mean? Like he's not ill hearted or ill natured. Like just the amount of self restraint discipline and um wisdom that he just possesses is just otherworldly you know what i mean and that's what makes him that's the thing characters if not the most spiritual you want to talk about an underrated episode and and when when i went from being like yeah season three is pretty good to like season three is amazing is the episode the old masters where they learned that iroh actually because he was called the the dragon of the mm-hmm. west and it's because he killed the last dragon because yeah. if you notice in the the avatar and the fire lord they're the all the royalty have dragons and later that became a sport so they would kill uh-huh, them that's right 
and and instead of killing them, he learned from them because they said the, the masters deemed Ira worthy. Because mm. Ira went on that trip to become enlightened, so he'd go to the spirit world to see his son. Yeah. And while he was doing that, he he met the uh, what is it the ones who worship the sun, and he met the two dragons. Which, by the way, those two fucking dragons are the two um, dragons that are talking to Zuko in season two. The good and the bad dragon. Remember the red one and the blue I dragon. Think so yes. And they're telling him about his choice oh, he yeah, needs to make. Okay. Because the crossroads of yep. destiny is where your destiny mm-hmm. splits, and you have yep. to make a one, right or left. And there's two fucking dragons. And then in season three, when he loses everything and he has to then learn firebending, he sees the two fucking dragons from his dream. Oh. <laughs> this show, man, is so fucking Honestly, deep. It's it really ridiculous. Is. Honestly, it's so it is. deep. I did want to say I did have to look up live action um, things outside of Disney that were, you know, based on cartoons. And I completely forgot, man. They did a. They did Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. And I saw all of those in theaters. Every single one. <laughs> every single one. I was obsessed. What's what's something else then? Oh, that they um they did another Ben 10. I remember it, but it was a TV movie. It wasn't like theatrical. Oh yeah. Um Dennis the Menace. Um, okay. Fat yeah. Albert. I forgot about Fat Albert. Oh shit. Um G.I. Joe. I wouldn't even really count G.I. Joe, but okay. Um, I, w- I would, yeah. Um, Popeye, but were any of these these weren't good though? No, okay, <laughs> no, they weren't. But you gotta admit, the first time you saw GI Joe, I'll be honest, the first time I saw GI Joe, man, I was like, oh, this is fire. I think maybe the same- Transformers, huh? Transformers, Transformers was great. What's your favorite? We're gonna have to talk about. We should do a Transformers episode. I've not seen all the movies. I saw the first one. I like the first one. <laughs> don't hit your desk you Bro, what? oh i'm sorry to a few people who are listening that i hit my desk i need every transformers except for the one with mark Wahlberg. but i have seen all the transformers movies i love it i saw them in theaters i love transformers man so i was so excited that you brought that up because i'm like all right you know what we're doing next episode screw the holiday the holiday episode we're gonna go right in this transformers. but um no, we have to we have to talk about holiday films. Die Hard. That's the only uh, movie you need to see. <laughs> that's that's it a is good a one. good one. But um, yeah. do you have any last thoughts about Avatar? Maybe like what's the biggest thing that you've taken away from this series, or like your favorite thing about Avatar: The Last Airbender? I think my favorite thing about Avatar: Last Airbender is no matter who you are or what age you are, when you watch the show, there is some character or some story where you'll get something out yeah. of it. And I think I think that that is the mark of something that's timeless mm-hmm. and lasts forever. And I think um, I don't know. I think that it just kind of is something that just uh, it, it is a show that borrows from so many different cultures and uh, religions and does so in a way that is accessible to anyone to to comprehend and, and understand it. And I think that is truly brilliant. Yeah. I think that's great um, for me. I would say even though. It is centered on the kids network. It deals with a lot of adult themes, especially stuff that you can relate to, as you said, getting older with war and 
genocide and corruption and things like that. And even it goes into mental health a little bit, but also it goes in love. It goes in yeah, everything. everything. Um, I would say just the originality and just kind of like the extraordinary storytelling. I mean, these redemption arcs and then you're giving other characters just these gut-wrenching, you know, treacherous storylines, but also the mere fact that when, a lot of times I feel like when you watch TV shows, you have one villain, right? Or you have one antagonist and it just stays like that, right? So it's A and B, but I'm saying with this one, with this show, it's cool because they go into like, the villains' origin stories and why they're that way. Do they have a chance of redemption? Is it justified in the acts they do? It really makes you look at every single narrative and perspective differently. So, also, my favorite thing, and this is this. Did you see Guardians three yet? No. God damn it. Yeah. Okay. So one of my favorite things is they don't really don't need to go into Ozai's backstory because mm-hmm. he's just one of those people. That no matter what you do, he's going to be a total psychopathic, evil piece of shit. Okay. And I enjoy just having a villain that is just straight up evil mm-hmm. because they do exist. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have any complexity to them. They're just pure fucking evil. And um, mm-hmm. and if you've not seen Guardians 3, you will get that. And it's brilliant. And it's actually so great because I get so tired like, don't get me wrong. There's villains where it's like Killmonger. Killmonger is a great villain. And you're like, yeah, he, he got good points. And like, it's really interesting. And he's kind of like how T'Challa was previously. But then it's nice to have a villain that's just like, bro, this this dude has to go. <laughs> like, there's no reasoning with this man. Like, that shit Zuko says to Aang where he's like, where Aang's telling Katara, like, yes, killing people is never the answer. And he's like, what are you going to say to my father then? Because yeah. like, he ain't going to have that right. shit. And he does. Hank spares his life. Most people would be like, you could have killed. He was just like, how you fucking yeah, idiot? And that was like, controversial, man. A lot of people still to this day talk about that. Yeah, he could he could have mm-hmm. killed him and didn't. Mm-hmm. And then Ozai literally starts laughing at him. Yeah, he just wore himself out doing that. And Ozai is just like, because that's why he calls him mm-hmm. weak. Because he, he says spiritually you're weak. He's like, you don't even. He's like, you have all that power and you can't even fucking kill me. You just had the chance mm-hmm. to. You I feel it. like that would defeat his whole purpose. You know what I'm saying? Of him doing that. Like, it's redundant, you know? For Aang for to kill him. Like, it really would, it wouldn't make sense. At least to me. It No, it doesn't as a character yeah. standpoint. Uh, like I said, if it was me or Katara, I'd be like... Uh, for sure, for sure. But, uh, no but, question. But, okay. um, but the thing is, is you understand Aang's perspective sure. and why he doesn't want to do this. And it and it actually and it's sort of the Superman thing. It's like it's like you get Aang to the point where now he's all powerful. Yeah. So so what is what is the the battle about? Mm-hmm. It's and see, this is go back to Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's thing was like, you've been holding yourself back. I'll just take this chip off and I'm super powered. That's fucking boring. <laughs> it's like you get to the point where Aang is now all powerful and he can kill this fool. He literally just almost had the chance to. But it's like, but it contradicts everything yeah, that he's been taught and believes exactly. in. And and so now the thing is with ultimate power, how can I how can I um stop this person? Not by killing them, but like preventing them from ever killing again. And I can't reason with them. Like, what the fuck do right. I do? 
And actually, it's kind of what we do with the justice system is like, that's the whole idea is like, if, if people are a threat to everyone, you, you make it so they can't harm other people. That's the whole idea. However, that's, that's not how it, how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, that, you know, but, no pun intended, but like, that's, yeah, that's a whole other. The, the idea is like, is like, that is the mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. There's so many yeah. lines blurred with the um, innocent or guilty thing, man. Also, also, by the way, uh, the female—I forgot this—female guard in the show was uh, Serena Williams. The what? Uh, Serena Williams was su- such a fan of the show, and so the female guard, when Iroh's like, "You need to not be here when this eclipse oh, happens." Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's this so many, there's so many celebrities and cameos in this fucking show. Because like all these people, like Serena, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was it was uh, Venus or Serena. I think it was Serena. Where they were such fans of the show, they were like, "I'd love to do a voice," and they were like, "We, we got a role for you. It's a little mm-hmm. one. But, like, come in and just do it." And it was like, "Damn, wow, yeah, yeah." Jeez. And not everybody can do voice I, acting. I mean, I think you know a little bit more about that than I do. You know what I mean? But no, no, not really. <laughs> no, but um, not no. everybody can do voice acting. You know, as well. You know, execute well. Um, in movies, a lot of times we see Indian TV shows. So, but um, we'll have to talk about that another day. But that was a brilliant and phenomenal point, man. I think we both covered. Um, every- I think I'll just put a note that like the first ten minutes might suck, and then we get on a group. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like we we've kind of we've haven't really spoiled the whole show, but we definitely talked about themes and about what makes it good. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if if we both rewatched it and then came on, we could probably talk for six hours straight because that's how much shit is in this for show. Sure. But if you if if you're like one of the four people that listen, uh. <laughs> And you want to, you want to check out this show? Uh, I would highly recommend it. Yes, um, Se- the seasons are available on Netflix Prime to rent or purchase, and available on Paramount mm-hmm. Plus. So feel free. And you can also buy the Blu-ray if you're still doing that. Like I think you can get them for a pretty good price. Right. Um, but man, I still I still remember watching the the. Uh, and this was it. This is a Nickelodeon show. Comic Con made a season three trailer in the hall, and that hall full of fans were flipping the fuck really? out. Yeah, and and because they because like people were also thinking like because when you found out that like Zuko was joining them, you were just like, damn, is is like Zuko gonna is Katara gonna fall in love with Zuko or like what's gonna happen? It got to the point. Where after season two, you were just like, bro, anything can happen in this show. No, that's a fact. That finale really just talked about yeah. the They really just emotionally held everybody hostage with that finale. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, Z- Zuko was better than Azula by mm-hmm. then. And I don't know. There, there's, it is kind of cool how Katara is the one that technically defeats her. For sure. Girl power. Yeah. Well, it's not just that. It's like, it's like, it's, it's I know, like, I'm messing around. It, it, it's like, well, no, it's cool. Cause Zuko technically does. And she has to cheat. Yeah. And then she's, and then she has the advantage of Katara and she turns it around because she underestimates. She does. Her. 
Katara was like, oh. She underestimates Katara. Katara makes her look weaker because she she's like, I'm going to have the water in my little pouch, even though all the shit's yeah. below me. But that really was boiling up to the surface with the coronation and cutting off the bed. Like, everything was just leading up to that moment, man. It's crazy. And just the inflections that that – I forgot. My apologies if you did mention who did voice Azula, but the inflections that that actress was able to um, display while going through all those emotions at one time. She was having that emotional breakdown, which is phenomenal when you go back and look at it. You know, it's just crazy. And then even um, the animated, like how they were able to – showcase that in her face of that emotional breakdown was just unreal you know what i mean her her voice acting is is uh so good yeah it's brilliant um, oh, everyone's is so good there's really not one weak person like one weak actor uh-uh. vocal actor in that show everyone is super duper great yeah there's i'm looking at all the the voices that were in this show um yeah, Greg Griffin was the person who did Azula. Um, but yeah, my Whitman. There's a lot of a lot of people in the show. But anyway, I think we're gonna call it. Watch the show; it's awesome. Uh, because, uh, well, we're digging it. We still dig it to this day. <laughs> All right, peace. peace. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.